0: Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by G.A. Lee. She's a Korean-born and Brooklyn-based composer, arranger, and conductor. She's made waves in the New York scene and beyond with her innate storytelling and musical talent that's a testament to her unique composing journey that we'll actually talk about today. For now, let's get to the interview. Okay, extra musical listeners, you just heard a little bit about G.A. from her introduction, uh, but now we are in the interview. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Uh yeah so uh like for listeners at home who don't know you who have never listened to your music or like caught up with you like what's your story where are you from where are you based now and what do you do
1: Um I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Um originally from South Korea. I compose mostly for a large ensemble which is called jazz orchestra or big band. Um my musical background is a bit unusual. I never really knew jazz orchestra until I got into Berkeley, which was 2011. And before, I only knew some crappy pops, you know, like not the great, you know, great U2 or, you know, anything fancy, but, you know, like I was in my small musical world, listening to a lot of undeveloped K pop. Before you know, like before the um, BTS or Blackpink, something like that. Yeah. Um, right now the K-pop is huge, but back then it wasn't.
0: Oh, it's so, so huge now, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, and I didn't really have any classical background or jazz background, but happened to be a jazz composer. So,
0: so like go. you're you're <laughs> a vocalist by training, right?
1: Yes, it's just you know, voice is the easiest instrument.
0: Yeah. So when I was wonderful. when I
1: was a kid, I would uh, play the toy recorder, all the cartoon music that I would listen to from the TV. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I developed Movable dough because recorder, it only has key, <laughs> So I had to transpose by ear. But anyhow, um, yeah, I didn't really play piano until when I was nine, but it only lasted for six months. So I basically had no training, but somehow I knew I would become a musician. And the uh, voice is the, you know, easiest instrument because you're born with that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I loved singing and I, um, started as, as a singer. I got into college. I graduated. I was a singer songwriter. Um, but I never felt the vocalist is the, was the right thing. I am. I'm shy. I'm a shy person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and having just you know my face to, to the audience and then sing, oh, I don't know, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Um, but I, 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 I did, I did for a while. Um, but my passion, I think, was always for creating something, expressing myself through my own creation, which is composing.
0: Yeah. So, but like, I, I,
1: I, but I didn't really have a chance. Yes.
0: I only, I, I did hear you uh, on a vocal album one time. I can't remember what it's called. It's like, it's, it's pinkish in, it's almost floral. I have it in my library. What is that oh, vocal please. album? please. No, no. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to. I don't even want to Yeah, but it's it's so, it's, I, I'm i a vocalist by training too. And I feel the exact same way where it was like, it was it was something that felt natural and came naturally, but it's not something that I want to do on stage and you
1: know hear your voice you know i'm convinced you are a great vocalist <laughs> without without hearing any any of your singing
0: <laughs> ah well i appreciate that but i will continue to do the the whole composing arranging saxophone thing like you i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not getting on stage um so it's, it's i never really even associated like you and k-pop together so did you ever like write k-pop songs or like perform in k-pop no song? i
1: it wasn't fancy at all you know um yeah, it was more likely indie indie pop. So I wasn't even in the big industry. If I okay. were there, I wouldn't have come here because I would have had a great life, you know. making love yeah. <laughs> Oh,
0: okay. Are you from Seoul? <laughs> so, yeah. Where are you from? In I was
1: I was born in born in Busan, but I lived in Seoul, so both are my cities.
0: Okay, I I only know the city of Busan from a movie called Train to Busan. Everybody says that. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm
1: sorry.
0: (laughs) uh, Well, I sometimes when I talk to anyone who is not American and they're like, you know, mentioning anything about the place they're from, I'm like, I know nothing about the world, and I just wish that I like, (laughs) like, I've never been to Korea, and I wish I knew more about Korean culture in general. That's totally okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have. I I think my biggest like uh, view into that is my children in my classroom incessantly dancing K-pop dances and uh, like as groups in the back of my room whenever they have downtime. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. They turn on Blackpink and they'll just like go for it. Oh, yeah. I love Blackpink. Yeah. Uh, the I, think, I think they're
1: so cool. Ooh,
0: K-pop. So cool. um uh, Like I don't, I didn't even know that there was like schools that they would go to or like, mm-hmm. the, and then they would form those groups. Uh, I can't remember who gave a presentation on in my class, but I was like, this is way more organized than I thought it was going to. I thought it was just like yeah. a group that somehow got together. No wonder no. their dance moves are so good. Like
1: It's like gigantic, gigantic industry. Yeah. And they are like
0: on point. They they're Really, I, I, there's no wonder like the people you see are like really great because there's no way to be mediocre and get through. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, back to you. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> How'd you so you got to Berkeley in 2011 uh after being a, like indie songwriter for a while and then you did April at Berkeley, right? Your your first large ensemble album. Correct. Yeah, so how'd you what was like kind of that process of getting into large ensemble writing once you got to Boston?
1: Well, <clears throat> you know, when I decided to go to Berkeley, I knew that I wouldn't become a singer because I barely spoke any English back then. Um, and you know, singer songwriter is all about lyrics and delivery. So I didn't think I would be one of them. Um, so I looked for the courses about composition and singer song. There were songwriting and film scoring and some something called CW, CWP production ri- writing and pro- uh no contemporary. Writing and production, yes, okay. that's it. <laughs> and jazz composition, but I was so intimidated by language and the technology. So what's left? I found jazz composition. Okay, let me do that. So I took the jazz comp one, and you know, um, the course as the course evolves, it becomes larger and larger. And then I ended up writing for big band um, instrumentation, and I really liked the the luxury, you know, having seventeen people in your band. And lots of timbre, color, dynamic, and just the lushness of the sound. I think that was the... Berkeley was the first time that I heard the Big Band music live. Yeah, Maybe recording as well. I mean, (laughs) Big Band is not happening in Korea, so I never really had a chance to, you know, get the exposure.
0: Wait a minute. So when you... Like recently, maybe... Maybe it was pre-pandemic, but I, in my mind, it's post-pandemic. You went back to Korea and did like a a big band show there. Yep, I did. It looked really... I remember it looking really cool, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it would look like...
1: It was a good show.
0: <laughs> like, is that not a thing that happens often, or is it just like really... That
1: wasn't even the jazz event. It's called... I did it at the National Theater of Korea, and they usually bring lots of Korean traditional musicians and... Um, I think I was the first one who was invited as a big band composer and, you know, it was very, um, uh, emotional in a good way. I left that country like more than a decade ago and I am bringing my, um, I am, I am actually putting together the, the Korean influence and the American jazz form, American art form, which is jazz orchestra. I'm actually using those two and presenting something new. It was a very thrilling experience.
0: Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's interesting, like, from that perspective, because I am an American doing an American art form. But, like, mm-hmm. when you get to leave your home and bring back, like such a unique voice that doesn't get to happen there. It it Mm -hmm. must feel like, I don't know, like you you brought back your whole self to your home. New self. Your new, (laughs) yeah, your new self. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, do do you feel like that is something that can happen more often? Like, do you ever feel like you want to go back to play more often if that's not something that's happening there? Are you like, no, Brooklyn's cool. I'm going to, because you travel anyways.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wish... I wish I can actually have more shows in Korea, but you know, a big band is such a, such a challenging form of art. And unfortunately, um, not unfortunate, but it's just, we're not, Korea is not at the level yet, um, that any composer can bring any music to players and then play, you know, beautifully. It's, it's Korea is very different than Japan. Japan developed, the jazz orchestra scene, like crazy. They have like, when they do, I heard from uh, Miggy actually, when they do um, amateur big band con- contests, they have like 300 groups. I'm like, oh, what? In, in Korea, in Korea, I think all the whole country, I think we have like definitely less than 10 groups, probably five, including oh, wow. professional, unprofessional. Yeah, that's it
0: oh my god yeah that is not that's not a lot well i mean like that's it's also kind of with comparing it to japan if you're like professional and unprofessional 300 i'm trying to think of the united states compared to to the island <laughs> nation of japan <laughs> like, yeah, coming up I with know, like the love of jazz is crazy that is that is pretty wild uh because yeah. i mean i talked to my my regular friends non-musician friends about big band and they're like you mean like the 1920s so like they're like American uh, yeah 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 they're not they're not city folks. so like it's it's okay city
1: folks and that's yeah, I funny. mean like
0: you're you're in Brooklyn you're used to like Boston and Brooklyn but I don't know if you bring a if you bring uh the G.A. Lee Orchestra out to uh out to I don't know rural Pennsylvania people will be like whoa what is this you know they, what
1: actually I'm going to Pennsylvania
0: when are you going? I saw you were at Penn State recently where else are you going
1: I'm going to Pennsylvania Oh, okay. Um, Lebanon, Lebanon, Lebanon oh, Valley. Yeah, Lebanon College.
0: Valley College. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm having a show. In fact, um, next next Tuesday. So oh. I am actually bringing the music. Oh, you are going to rural yeah. Pennsylvania
0: soon. That's great! Wow. <laughs> wow,
1: well, well, I really hope that you know it, the music will be received properly. <laughs>
0: yeah, L- LVC. Yeah, I think it. Well, LVC, yes. I think it's actually kind of similar to what you think about or what. Happened in uh, in Korea when you came back, except not as as emotionally like uh personal. Where it's like the people there, for the most part, might not ever be exposed to that, like but the big bands the that are happening
1: in a, in America. All the high school high school they have sort of like you know school band, yeah. So that although they actually nurture the musicians and then they can learn how to play in the ensemble. Whereas Korea, we don't have school bands.
0: Like at at all? all.
1: At all. Whoa! Yes, that's the huge difference. We don't, literally, we don't have horns. Probably we have a lot of classicals, but no horns. So that's, that's what difficulty comes from. Like as a jazz composer. So it's really hard to put together the band there. But, you know, someone has to start. I'm happy that I can contribute some way
0: to develop the scene. That, I mean, that is in, that is a very interesting difference educationally. I mean, like, I feel like I'm now, yeah. now I'm like, oh man, I take that for granted. And there's a lot yeah. of, I feel like there's a lot of programs who do take that for granted when they're cutting music funding, where they're like, oh yeah, you don't need this. And it's like, what do you want? Uh, a scene mm-hmm. with, a national scene with no music ed? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, so wait. So is there at least choirs or is there any music?
1: Choirs, hard to find. Choirs, hard to find wow literally no music no music events happening oh. no musical groups okay they just study they just try to be one of the samsung workers <laughs> oh my gosh why am i so saying this kind of thing you know creates an amazing place crazy crazy it's, a, just,
0: it's <laughs> just different i mean there's not that's not necessarily a negative thing i feel like there's Definitely, just a different yeah mind. i know
1: i mean it's we're just on the way to develop, uh, especially the jazz scene. Yeah. Um, but we have great K-pop scene and, um, yeah, that's like, like all the traditional musician, music scene. It's amazing. And we have some great rhythm sections, um, players, but not the horns.
0: So that's, yeah, I mean, it would be, be I, it's almost like that's a, not an impossible task, but a very high task, a high order task to be like, let's get some horn players in here. When, at the base level, most people don't discover that they like playing the horn until they do it in school. Mm-hmm. It's not like their parents are like, "Exactly, go play the horn." That yeah, they learn in <laughs> school that they. My mom wasn't like, "Here's the clarinet, Steven. She, I just went and found it, you know. Like, oh wow. Well, I mean, technically, she did play clarinet, but she didn't tell me that until I came home and was like, "They're telling us about horns. What? What? Like, what did you play? <laughs> I know you played something, but yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a very stark." difference to the yeah thing. so no i mean like i wonder would you have would you have played if you could have played any instrument like out of a horn instruments is there if i were that...
1: given yeah. If, yeah if i was if, if i were given any opportunities yes
0: do you think there's a specific one you would have played
1: Hmm. i dare to play trumpet, <laughs> but i know it's going it's going to be really difficult uh, it's a master instrument it um is. i don't know I think bass is cool.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, but it's, it's never, not it's a horn. It's, it's not horn. <laughs> It's never too late. I feel like it's really but... funny to be like this really killing composer and, and play uh, some. <laughs> and then be like, all right, now I'm trying to I'm trying to just play this scale on. Yeah, I know.
1: Bass. Like, where's the people at? You know. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that that would be. all this writing that you've done. You just recorded your uh, most recent big band album. So people who are listening, keep your eye out for that because I love her writing. April, I remember I discovered her writing when I listened to April for the first time. I brought all those scores oh. um, or I bought some of the scores from you. I can't remember how, if I bought all of them or some of them. Uh, did some score study of your work. And then Daring Mind was the next one. Yes. Yes. That was like 2021. Correct. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look at my memory. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so the third one should be uh, coming out soon. And like with all of this, it's like a daunting task to write for a big band. Uh, how do you structure that? Is there like a, a certain, not method, but a certain like schedule that you uh, go on when you're writing things? Is it mas- mostly commission based? Or is it like, oh, I want to write this amount? Or like, how do you go about writing your big band music?
1: Hmm. I mean, I really like having some specific stories on each album. So um, this album that will be out next year is called Infinite Connections. Um, It really happened organically, you know, in in 2018, um, me and another two composers, we somehow got together at at a coffee shop and then started talking. Hey, we are all from different countries and we're doing this jazz form, called, you know, Jazz Orchestra, which is American art form. Um, why don't we just put together a show, like bringing our own roots? You know that, right? You remember that? Yeah the show? Yeah, I was like, oh, the <laughs> jazz mosaic.
0: Yeah, because I was, me Kelly yes, yes. to the show. Yeah.
1: You guys did very great, very, um, yeah, generously you came and helped us. Um, so I wrote a music called Karma, and it's all about um, my, my mothers, you know, the, my ancestors, um, especially for women who actually suffered a lot historically, because women, in I mean, in any history, but in Korea, it was very, very, very harsh for women to survive. Women treated was treated as as if men's belonging, like you know, it was kind of crazy story. And all the mothers, they um, rather um, they rather actually um, took it as karma and stood there, uh, stood stood their feet for the family very strongly, for next generation, which is daughters. And um, I thought about it, and then I wrote a music called Karma. And that was my first piece um, as my experiment using those two, my root and then jazz orchestra. And we had a pandemic. And um, during the pandemic, I lost my grandma. And I was writing for my grandma, which is, The music is called Born in 1935. She had tough life, she had tough life. Um, She became an orphan at a young age and then married my grandpa, grandpa, because at the time we were um, a colony of Japan. So if someone wasn't married, they would took her. So she had to marry at the age of 14 or 15, something like that. And, you know, she would cross the frozen river to get some tinder to get fired, you know, like on her back, my uncle. So it was a crazy life. And then she passed away uh, on the Christmas Eve 2020. Um, what a life, you know? And then when, yeah. she, when she passed away, it was just like, you know, Samsung and everything, all the developed Korean, modern society, modern, you know, country. And then like, what kind of story she has? Like she has so many stories and then, If she, like, she would cry when she talked about, like, her younger self, like, you know, oh, back in the days, and then she, you know, like, cry. I'm like, so she has so much, so much suppressed emotion in her small body. So I wrote a music. um, it's It's a little personal story, but anyways, after my grandma's sudden passing, my mom became ill, so I had to write a trilogy about my grandma, my mom, and myself. And it's all about, like you know, like uh, my my ancestral story, womanhood. Why you (laughs) cry? I'm
0: sorry. It was really nice. Yeah, I mean, like my we we kind of say, thankfully, my grandfather passed away right before the pandemic. He passed away in 2019 uh, in the Mm -hmm. fall. And sometimes when people talk about all this, all the memories that they have of their of their grandparents and then the lives of their grandparents. It's always just so interesting because we are very right now and we don't think about the sacrifices that that went into getting us where we are. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really, really special. You get to commemorate this and you were talking about it and it's just history that I don't know. And I uh, (laughs) yeah, that's why I'm crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Really, this is really you know. intense. I, I I love it. So I'm sorry. Keep going. You you got to talk about well, so, our, you, you know
1: sometimes 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 life really. I feel like sometimes everything happens as if it was planned. You know why did I come up with the idea of Korean roots and then why did I write about women before everything happened and then why my grandma passed away and why my it's just and then I wrote about myself. Um, so it's just a trilogy and it kind of expanded uh, the theme of connections. Wow. Like, look how I'm very connected to, you know, the the most important connections we have is with our mothers. We are literally from mother's body, mm-hmm. regardless how you feel about it. Just, yeah. It's the connection that will go beyond our lifespan. And if we think about it, my mom had the same connection with the grandma and how you actually are tied with your ancestors. It's, crazy and then I was interested in the music that my ancestors listened to they were comforted by their music and then I feel like oh my gosh it's not it's not my ancestors music it's my music because I am from them yeah so Korean traditional music wasn't uh, someone else's music anymore so I deeply was connected to the traditional folk music folk rhythm and I um, started to think about the connections that we have all around us. We are uh, just a part of this whole. Um, so there's a music there's a, a composition called "Surrender," which is just a, just a trust as a part of whole. Like if I surrender, everything will just take, be taken care of. And then what else we have control of, like in life? There's actually I don't know if you have really have any control of life so something like that or just you know how how you see the nature like nature gives us comfort because every like nature it circulates forever so if you even if you are in the darkest darkest night the dawn is happening soon so that's also another connection that that the uh, you know night and the uh, dawn has so it's just all about my um my philosophy about life and then i just realized we are really really connected all and stefan you are you and me maybe look very different but if we really go up we are all from the same stream which is the title of one of my compositions you know so
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh wow i did i'm really excited to hear all this all of this into like the the funneled sonic vision of what what you uh, recorded, because uh, I mean, your first two albums were were really. Uh, I mean, like the, the April to I don't I didn't know I don't know the backstory to April, but I know the backstory to Daring Mind because uh, I mm-hmm. heard you talk about it once and just all the 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 different kind of emotions of, of struggling and and mental states. So like, there's like Daring Mind struggle gives you strength. A different a, a couple of different like mental um, mm-hmm. based piece. And like, this one is just, it's like, almost like you went from, from the mind to the heart in, from album oh, to album. Oh, I like that. And it's, it, yeah, no, it's just really, it was, it's really nice. I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I didn't expect to, to be taken aback so much by the next concept. I was like, oh, I wonder what her next album is about. It's like, oh, I didn't think <laughs> I was going to cry about it. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to, to hear that, um, where I'm really excited to hear the the thoughts and the emotions that you thought about with all of this and put it it's like it's like you really put your heart into like your composition where the last time you're putting your a lot of your mind and your thinking and your like mm-hmm. what do my emotions up here tell me and it's mm-hmm. like what am i what is my right. heart and what does my ancestry tell me for this
1: oh I like that I like that thing. Thank you. I mean, but you know, everything happened very organically. I didn't plan. I, I didn't plan for it. It just happened. And then I'm just a you know vessel. You know, I'm just maybe I'm just hearing some music that had to be ex- or already existing. And then I'm just writing it down. And then I happen to be a person who has to make this happen. You know.
0: Man. So I mean, like I I kind of I I. I wish I felt like that. Sometimes <laughs> I, like it's, it's nice to know that there are these moments where, or these processes where you feel not forced to, but like internally compelled to like, th- it see, this has to go down here. Why, why it's, I have music pouring out of me. I have to put it there. And then it just, feels like it's this, what did you call this infinite connection? Like your, your music is infinitely connected through your, your process. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, So, um, if, if you could say like you had, uh, when you're thinking about your, your day to day or your week to week, what's your like biggest challenge with staying creative, uh, when you're going through your, your day? Cause you're, are you mostly freelance or do you have any teaching or?
1: I do have teachings, um but mostly pronouncing, yeah, I'm mostly home and happy
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah I mean if that's if i if I could be home and writing all the time, I feel like I would i oh man, so like when you when you're home and you're do you have like a set schedule or is there like some things that kind of go into the barrier of staying productive or...
1: <sighs> the discipline uh, has been has been. The hardest thing to achieve for me i mean i'm just being honest i'm not a person like you i mean <laughs> you know sometimes i see some composers or like magicians like who are always so disciplined and then do things you know this that and then you know get things done so prolific i i don't think i've ever been like that but maybe i will be sometime soon <laughs> <laughs> but i try to stay very disciplined but it, it's been very challenging um but You know, um, so I don't think I have set schedule for every day, but um, I have, especially in this year, I really wanted to achieve some things. Um, If I say (laughs) I really wanted to um, hear a lot of symphony work because I I don't have, you know, classical background. And then I needed to listen to a lot of jazz albums as well because I don't really hear, I don't really, you know, have a lot of knowledge about jazz history either. And I wanted to improve my English because it's my second language, obviously. And I wanted to pray every day. So those four were my um everyday routine. I've been successful in this year. I'm proud of myself, like that I was actually on it. But when you are actually on tour or like when you are on like, you know, crazy work, you kinda like, you know, have to push them like, you know, like a little back, like, oh I have to get this things done. So I I work, uh what's going to be the word? Not so much with the routine, but when I work, I work all day, all all day long, and oh, wow. day and night. But um, I don't, if I don't work, I'm kind of like, you know, lazy. And <laughs> I have an excuse, you know, um, Duke Ellington was the craziest procrastinator. And everybody says for creativity, you need to just, you know be lazy so i'm like oh okay 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 i'm an artist i should be lazy
0: <laughs> okay, so like yeah, i feel like uh, I, I, I don't remember how long ago it was but you were like you're always getting you said something on instagram you like sent me a message and you're like you're always getting stuff done and i want to 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 refute that i am exactly like what you just said i i spend most of my time I don't teaching believe you. no i'm not kidding i spend most of my time teaching and like little time being able to write so uh, what I do is I make a public deadline like, Hey, I'm having this show or blah, 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 blah. And then like, I have to, I go crazy. I like, <laughs> I block yeah. off time and I'm like stuck in my office. I'm like, don't, no one talk to me. Uh, I'm writing forever. <laughs> and Kelly makes yeah. fun of me. Cause she's like, you just procrastinate so much on the outside. We, we do. It doesn't look like it, <laughs> but yeah. like, it's I feel like it's just the best way to work. Like, I do, I feel like when we do, when we're everything's put off, there's no, there's no time for second guessing and there's no time for like milling over the, the same four measures, 37,000 times. It's just like, you make the music at that time and mm-hmm. that I work my best then. So it's just really nice to hear that you also go into your like kind of crazy fugue state where you're like, I got to work. Nobody yeah. talks to me. Yeah.
1: I've been always like that, but I don't want to encourage this way to any composers that, you know, I'm just I'm just being honest.
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I've heard too many people who are like this. Uh, Duke Ellington, Gil Evans, uh Mozart did that once. Mozart uh, wrote the uh what's it called? The uh the overture to Don Giovanni like two nights before. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you're like Mozart. See? It's <laughs> Oh
1: Uh No way. Um, but you, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I read a book about like, you know, this creativity, it's called original originality. I don't know the English title, but anyways, so I was so comforted. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I felt so guilty about me being procrastinating all the time, but okay. Actually it was, it it was saying like, um, you know, you have to procrastinate, to be creative i was like oh okay but if you go over a certain period you're not gonna make it but there's a golden time of procrastination (laughs) so when you get there you'll be but you know like what is composing it's all about uh, decision making you have to make a choice you know you want to go with the sharp nine or sharp 11 or what do you want flat nine you know it's all about decision making and when you when you have so much time you're gonna be like eh you know, you maybe overthink, you know, but when you mm-hmm. have the deadline, okay, I just gotta do. It. And then you rely on more of it, more of your intuition, which is the which is maybe maybe better than your, you know, cognitive decision making. You know, so it's okay. No, I,
0: I wholeheartedly agree with that because I feel like whenever I openly, i I if I have time, like summers, if I have tons of time to write, I and I don't have a show. Then, like, I spend too much time just like with openness and sketching and blah blah blah, and nothing gets done. And I'll come back to a piece that I had for whatever, and now have a deadline, and and be like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Stuff that I was like mm-hmm. overthinking for so long. It's just like now I feel okay. It's it, here we go. There, that's it. But like, I don't know. I I also feel like uh, with that with that book you were talking about, it's like you can't be creatively productive all the time. Like it's, it almost seems impossible. Like you have, like where does our productivity come from besides life?
1: Yeah, that's true. But there are some crazy people in the world who can be creative forever. And then I I admire them crazy, but yeah. And then it's the beauty that I know that kind of people and I can learn from them, you know, and historically too, some crazy prolific creative composers existing all you know all the time so we are just you know following their footsteps
0: yeah i wonder if they like like bob brookbeyer was one of those people who was like who who i felt like wrote a lot and i wonder if it was always like game-based thing like him and then um Mm -hmm. gil goldstein had that has this one Mm -hmm. book that i really like where it's like not games. I don't think Gil's book is games, but it's like these these little method things, these simple things that you can do to get started that I feel like help Mm -hmm. a lot. And it's just like, I should, maybe I, if I feel like I'm overthinking, find my way back to one of those types of things and learn Mm -hmm. from like those bastards rather than just going with deadline intuition.
1: Yeah. Right. also sometimes I feel like I really should write a lot of music because I don't think music is limited or I don't think any creativity is limited. I think, uh, I believe I have so much music I can just grab from somewhere. And, you know, if I don't really work hard, it feels like I'm wasting. I'm wasting all the music that would have been existing Mm. because of my laziness. So I am getting towards that direction, like from, oh, I'm fine. You know, I can be lazy so that I can be creative, but I am actually gearing toward like, okay, I should really work hard so that I can create as much music as I can. When I die, I'll be happy. And then, you know, leave leaving all the music that I composed behind.
0: Well, I'm excited to be for... A nice for that final, uh, well, no, actually, that makes you sound like I'm excited for you to die. I'm excited for your for your uh, <laughs> prolific period. I feel like maybe it's like Beethoven. Maybe you're in your early period right now, and then you're just, like, going to be in that middle period where you're just doing the most. You know, like, you're, you're just going to go <laughs> ham uh, from 2024 20,
1: onwards. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody has their own pace, and we will live until, I don't know, like, with the all, like, you know, technology development i think we will expect i mean who knows i can die tomorrow but you know generally speaking we will live like until 120 year old i don't know if i can still be able to write music there's no rush but at the same time there's a
0: rush i completely yeah there's like there's no rush because I can't control when I'll die. But at the same time, I I could die tomorrow. So like, let's get this music out.
1: Very true.
0: Very true. <laughs> Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bob Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gabe Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bob Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bob Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast podcast provider um when you're when you're like not in music mode uh what is like some of the stuff that you like to do outside of outside of writing I see a lot of books behind you I see some oh, wine it's all glasses <laughs> <laughs> I see it's, some wine it's just glasses.
1: my friend just like you know dumped to me so I had to hang
0: <laughs> you say your friend dumped you
1: yeah no my friend dumped it to me oh sorry sorry yeah, that's why I tried to learn English anyways. Uh, so my friend actually trusted this to me. So I had to hang It's because it looks nice. It doesn't it does mean that really I nice. use it. Yeah. But doesn't mean that I <laughs> use it often. I don't really drink, drink so much. Um, hmm. I mean, I really like, um, getting, getting to know someone else's life. I, I, I mean, I don't really read a lot of books but I'm interested in what was let's say like Leonard Bernstein's life was you know, like like you know and then I can read about it and um I learn from them I I learn from the the book or or I actually like hanging out with people cuz I can learn from anybody and then everybody ha- everybody has their four tests and then Definitely, I can learn from them. I really like you. Every time I open Instagram, like, Stefan says, like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like, like you read the very fancy graphic design. I'm like, oh. he looks like, you know, like... Does he divide him in, in into two and then you know he has his personal assistant which is other <laughs> self of Stefan? How how can he do a lot of things, you know? It's 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 very inspiring. I'm not just seeing it. So when I see someone like you or someone like Remy is always prolific. Oh, you Remy. know, everybody's you know, like, oh I'm making another record. Next year, oh I'm making another record. And I'm like,
0: Hey, this is crazy, <laughs> you know? I uh, Remy is someone I every time I get to interact with him or interact with his music, I am like really taken aback by how how great it is. Yeah, I mean, like uh, there's, I feel like this community just has a lot of people who are so who are nice people and make really good music. It it's like this great thing where you're like, oh yeah, cool. I really like this person, and you find out that they're a killing musician or they have this like this killing back catalog of music. It's it's really nice.
1: Yeah, um, and also, you know, I admire someone who does that. Like, you know, just do it. You know, just do it is just like. But not everybody can do that, so I love doers. I I really admire doers.
0: Yeah, well, I I'll tell you the the doing needs to sometimes I feel like do it needs to slow down. I I like I I like hanging out with people and I feel like I get to do that a lot less. Like one of the reasons why I really like the podcast and doing the podcast is that it is a sanctioned time to sit down and talk to another person. And Mm. it's I simultaneously feel like I'm getting something done. But at the same time, like I get to talk to you. Like when's the last time I even saw you in person like twenty nineteen? I know, it's crazy. Yeah, so now I get to like sit down and like have a full conversation with you <laughs> rather than – and learn new things about you and learn what you're passionate about and learn what you're working on. You made me cry like 15 minutes in. Like it's a really <laughs> – it's, nice, it's a nice feeling to, to sit down and talk to people because I feel like that mm-hmm. gets us connected more and more. That's the infinite connection. It's circling back. We're all doing it. So it's the mm-hmm. infinite connection of just like – I I also get really frustrated that, like, one of the things I'm jealous about when you talk about bettering your English and making English your, uh, well, English is your second language and you want to be better at it. I get jealous of um, a lot of people who are multilingual, like bilingual or trilingual and can just, like, communicate and connect with so much more people or, like, no they might not have this, like, prolific whatever and might not do, like, this big art but like they can talk to people do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah like i couldn't go to korea right now and then talk to (laughs) everyone in korea but like right it's, it's i mean
1: you know everything is perspective when you see from the certain angle this can be i don't know like um unfortunate but if you see from different angles, it's a blessing to have my own country and live in this country,
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, as a minority, um, but you know, it's all blessing. Um, so I try not to see it from critical view, but mm. um, I want to, I want to see some, like good things in everything I try to, but thanks for saying that. Yes, that's true. Um, Also, I I appreciate that jazz community is a very open community, very welcoming community. Everybody um, who are not American, they bring their own roots. But I never really heard, hey, why you do this? This is not jazz. I never really heard about it. I heard someone says that. So it's it's a very um, embracing community, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, I could see that happening in other places where – where they're like, "Well, that's not tradition or that's not what it's supposed to sound like," quote unquote. Or like, I don't know, I feel like when you don't see someone like you doing the thing, you could be discouraged by the community to do the same thing. And it's like mm-hmm. I I don't think that's how I excuse me, I don't I hope that's not how the jazz community is. At least I don't feel like it is, but at the same time I, that that might not be everyone's experience. I'm hoping that like if someone goes, I want to put this into my music, or I feel like I want to mix improvisation and an extended harmony with this type of music, everyone in the community goes, cool, do it. Like mm-hmm. like mixing Korean folk music and 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 jazz music doesn't seem to me like something that would be weird. It would be something that's like it adds to everything that we do. Or that someone does that's new adds to the culture. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and it's it's my duty to make a uh, good music. Regardless, of all the fancy words I put, if the music is not happening, it's not happening. Yeah. So that's my duty as a composer: how to actually balance out those two, and what's going to be the um, the right way to fusing to, to fuse those two elements. So I actually um, had lots of concerns about korean uh, folk music authenticity or like is it um authentic enough to both but at the end like why am i caring about authenticity so much it's all digested in me and then it's my music so at the end i just you know wrote whatever i felt like um but i'm curious how it will be received in korea and in america as well um because i don't think this kind of music existed for i'm not saying like i'm doing like something very special but saying this is something that I can bring to the table because I happen to be a Korean. I happen to be having all the background that I just talked about. And I found meaning um, in Korean folk music. And I'm just bringing it to my community, which is jazz orchestra, jazz community.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wonder how... Not because that this is the only thing that's important, but I I wonder what the different receptions of it will be amongst different populations, like uh, like Americans who have no uh, Korean ancestry and aren't exposed to Korean music, uh, like. Well, most likely, it, most likely everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, like, I'm excited to, to get to hear what that sounds like. I want, and uh, inversely, like, Koreans who aren't exposed to jazz often, like, what is the oh. reception of hearing their music in that sort of context? And then, like, Korean Americans who have maybe have grown up with like jazz in their, uh, or not jazz, well, yeah, jazz in their ethos and then like Korean folk music. Like, I'm specifically thinking about my one uh, co worker, Ms. Choi. She's the art teacher at the school that I teach at. And um, her and her husband are Korean, and her children, I think, were like, Nine, uh, eight, nine when they came to America. So they're like, they're Korean. They're not technically Korean American, but like they're American. They were raised in America and they like live in America. They're architects. One of them is an architect and the other one also is actually a musician. So I'm like, wh- what would that sound like if Miss Choi l- sat down and listened to this album? Like, what would her reception be? And i I, I know she would be elated to hear it because she loves, she loves music. She's a classically trained pianist, but she's like a huh. painter as well, and that's what she does. Wow. But like, it's I don't know. I feel like music like this makes people feel seen in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, people who didn't know that their music could interact that way, and people who didn't know that two halves of themselves could interact that way.
1: Yeah. Interestingly after some, like after my shows, I started to see some Korean people coming to me like, Hey, I'm Korean or I'm Korean American. I really, um, you know, they were saying like, thank you for doing this as a Korean. Like, I'm like, wow, I never expected this. And then, you know, some, like when I was Boston, I would come to New York and see some musicians, and then they came from Boston to see me. I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing that I am becoming a part of this jazz history and that I'm doing my own part. And I'm o- hopefully, hopefully I'm opening doors to next generation who are maybe Korean or who are maybe a woman composer who are maybe Asian. It's amazing. You know, like we are never really separated from this whole stream of history and we are all, all in the history and doing our own part in this moment. And it will just pass down to onto some, someone
0: else. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think you're right though. It's like it, you're kind of, you break a barrier just by existing and doing what you love. And like for someone else who maybe did not see themselves in the same role that you're doing, they now mm-hmm. have an example. They have, they have examples of female. And if they only know you, they can re, they can look in your ethos and find other people. Like if they find you, then they can find Miki. If they find you, then they can find people like, I don't know, Vanessa Perica. They can find other composers that like make them feel seen and know that Mm -hmm. their their want to do the same thing is valid. That they're they're not I don't know, that they're not like not welcome to do the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's it Mm -hmm. you're you you're part of the the, the the spread of this to mm-hmm. to everyone right. so it's not this like mono monoculture where it's just only one type of person doing it and i really love that i i feel mm-hmm. like it expanded where it was like it, it was originally this black american music and then like like most black american music it was adapted by the american culture by whole and like it's just really interesting the more and more it develops, how different cultures that are not american interact with it and then different like genders, agenders, sexuality, like how, like all these different people put their voices inside of it. And mm-hmm. it's, it makes it, I don't know, this universal language. I, I, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool to, to know that. I don't know that you're, you're a part of the conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, I will do regardless, I will do what I love you regardless. But knowing that I am a part of something bigger than me, it just feels good. You know, sometimes we composers, we feel like, especially the jazz music, you know, why are you doing the 1920s thing? You know, it's the, <laughs> no more questions. Sometimes we ask these questions too, like, why are we doing this? Because it's, you know, we all can agree that this is a challenging task and this is a true labor of love, true labor of love. (laughs) Um, But if you really realize or uh, realize the fact that you are a part of the community, part of the history, you realize regardless, like your impact can be small, like regardless what you do you have impact. So I have another calling Plus,
0: Yeah. I, just by I, knowing the history. I'm excited that you get to be a part of the history, that I get to witness the, the well, I, you're I, the I, part it, of the history too. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad that we get to part, be a part of it together. I have no idea what my impact is, but uh, and when I find out, I feel like I'll, I don't know. I, I would, I would love to turn around and, and one day be like, Oh, Hey, look, other people wanted to do this because they saw someone else doing it.
1: Uh they saw Stefan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: thinking about your artistic life and the way it's developed like what's one thing about your artistic life that you did not expect
1: did not expect i mean before we get into this jazz orchestra musician composer community you don't really think about the financial things at all Mm. you know you just do whatever you love to do but the more you do like oh my gosh this wasn't just like, uh, I do. And then everything automatically happens. I hear this kind of story a lot, like some like really well-known composers, that person had to loan from the bank and then, you know, like had to pay for like 10 years or something. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. And then that's not nobody. That's someone that we all look up to, you know, and what kind of, what kind of dedication is it? Like how, how much dedication he or she had in order to do these things so you sort of know but you don't really know what it is what it is like to be a musician especially a composer um, it's you have to have calling otherwise otherwise you can't continue you might do one or two but i think the strong calling is the only thing that makes you keep on going Um, so I didn't really expect, um, I mean, not, I expected, but not to this degree, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh no, I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah. Where you're like, (laughs) the, where it's, it's almost like if your return on investment for your art was only financial, like if you did art for financial gain, then you would stop almost immediately. Because uh, it's not necessary. Doesn't make
1: sense at all. Yeah,
0: it doesn't. It's, yeah, right. Like it doesn't. There's no back and forth. Like I put this many hours into it, I should make this much. Like that's <laughs>
1: not. But it's it's miraculous to see somehow we all artists are taken care of. Yeah. Somehow it it's the trust that you know, like the when we do something good or when we when we are fulfilling our own callings the universe is taking care of us the god the god is taking care of us so i truly believe that somehow you know sometimes people put us composing like like how do they survive but somehow they live good life yeah miraculously so it's a trust that we have to have
0: I I feel like I need to do that trust more. I mean, like uh, one of the, my, I love my students and I, I know they listen to this podcast sometimes. Uh, so like some of the, one of the reasons I work my full-time job is because I, it's, I don't trust that going into music full-time for, will I will be like as taken care of. It's like, I have this fear of, of fully trusting my, my path as a musician. And, um, uh, and I like educating, and that's what i I originally sought out to do, but like I don't know, I feel like sometimes i i I want to have that trust in the process in the universe and God to like go out on a limb and <clears throat> make more music and spend more time performing and writing than uh than teaching and seeing how that works out, you know mm-hmm. yeah, so i mean yeah, i I'm glad that that is something that you you love seeing because maybe you'll see it for me eventually, but <laughs> for right now,
1: well, I'm seeing it right now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I get, I get to, I still get to make stuff while I'm doing the other stuff, which is, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you're such a great hype person. I feel like every time I'm like, yeah. And I want to be like you. You're like, you are I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm saying that's truth. Uh, well, appreciate that you're one of the it's it's just really funny because i remember i when did i find your music in like 2000 did april come out in 2015
1: no 17 i believe 16 okay, so 17 like, i think
0: okay so when i found when april came out and i was like oh, who is this like this is great i want to like explore Wait, more
1: it's april wasn't even i i don't know how you listen to april because april wasn't daring mind you know like i April? Anyways, continue. Oh, yeah,
0: I found I found April after you. Were you saying because like daring mind had more uh, like press and stuff?
1: No, because like April was my first album, and I doubted someone listened to it. You know?
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, oh no, because I, yeah. I didn't do like
1: like proper promotional stuff, or like I was still. In, anyways, like, yeah. I no, continuing. I have.
0: Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I like scour the internet for original jazz music, original jazz
1: Ah, on top, and I just love love
0: listening to new voices and um, Mm -hmm. some. I mean, like, I yeah, promote. I totally get what you mean because, like, without promotion, it's really hard to get anyone to listen to anything. But yeah, I yeah i I found you from April, not from Daring Mind. (laughs) Yeah, okay, wonderful. Uh, But when I uh, first listened to that, I I don't know, I. I think this is really funny thinking about how you're like. How did you find me for April? Because when I listened to April, I was like, "Man, she she must she must have been studying this for years. She must have know knew exactly what was going on and like blah and like I don't know has been wanting this her whole life because this was great and it's just really cool to to sit down and listen to your journey and then you'd be like, oh no, this is just this was something that happened. You know, like it was something yeah. I found." And
1: Yeah, I wrote my first jazz orchestra music in 2013, which is Deep Lucy, which is in there in, uh, is in April. So that was my very first composition.
0: Oh wow! Second composition. Yeah. I'm so glad you went to Berkeley. I'm so glad you like found <laughs> big band jazz music. So really, I do, Yeah, I love I love your I love your writing, and I feel like you're a really nice person. And it's just like nice to see nice people doing good writing and like. I don't know, find, like seeing the the people receive it. Like I like when people receive the, the writing and go, oh, my gosh, look at this person. I'm like, yeah, that person. I like that person. They're great. You know, <laughs> uh, if you so there's there's probably someone who maybe years from now um, will find uh, or maybe next, next week, you know, they'll find your music, they'll look you up and then they will, uh, find this recording, uh, because they want to hear your voice and hear your thoughts. If they, uh, if you had like a piece of advice for someone starting their musical journey, like an 18 year old person who wanted to be like you or do what you're doing, uh, or even an 18 year old version of yourself, what would one piece of advice that you give them be?
1: I I would say uh, please um, please dare to try out everything because you are forgiven if you are eighteen regardless what you do you will most likely be forgiven you know um, so. I mean, I don't know if someone wants to be like me. I don't. I don't Do we live good life? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Who wants to? <laughs> Do make you want art to encourage like anyone? <laughs> Who wants the big art? Okay, like great.
1: You. All right, great. I mean, I live great life. I I really I feel I really feel blessed to have music. You know, it's a blessing that you will never be bored, like until your death, because you'll be continuously challenge it and you will continuously have the desire to create something. Isn't it? It's a blessed life. And I, I feel very blessed to, I have uh, music uh, to compose. That's a wonderful life actually. So, but I think, I don't think I was very courageous in terms of trying new things or um, try to see what's the opportunities like, or try to ask someone like some favors. I did, I did, but you know, I didn't do, uh, to the degree that I would have done if I can go back to my 18 year old self. So, if you are an 18 years old, year old, someone who wants to be a composer, who wants to make in this, you know, small jazz musician or jazz or classical or whatsoever, pop, please, please be very courageous and then do whatever you can. Failure doesn't mean failure. If you are 18, you will learn from, you know, by doing it, you're not going to learn from thinking about it. Just do it and fail and learn from it.
0: Yeah, uh, that's great advice. I There are so many 18-year-olds that I interact with that are, I don't know, that that don't know the impermanence of just trying, where like if you try in one situation, it's not going to dictate the rest of your life, and you're allowed mm-hmm. to try and then pick back up and try again. Like it's an opportunity to keep trying or opportunity to try something different. And like the only, the only reason you're doing what you're doing is because you tried different things, you know? Yeah. Like imagine if you, I don't know, what, what did 18 year old GA do? What'd you do? What were you like when you were 18? (laughs) Were you even like, Uh,
1: yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I wish I were more courageous.
0: Well, I don't think, I don't think the, the advice of, uh, being more courageous and trying and trying can stop at 18. I don't know how old you are. I think you're like. I'm gonna guess that you're 35.
1: <laughs> Let's pass that. But anyways, um, you know, I mean, yeah, that's true. Everybody, everybody.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. feel like. Yeah, I mean, you can everybody courageous day.
1: That's actually. That's actually very true. You know, like if you are at age of 50, are you going to stop trying new things? No, but I'm just saying, I, it's an interesting topic. I don't know how much time we have, but sometimes a lot of like young, young people, they think the world they are in is it. If someone, if let's say you love certain music and then the school doesn't really approve that you feel like you're a failure. Mm Mm-hmm but you never tried a different community. Yeah. Let's say your music is kind of cheesy, let's say, and then you're not welcome in this, you know, modern jazz music, let's say. But maybe a lot of people will love it. So maybe maybe because of that, you can try something. You can, you can be a maybe, I don't know, film composer or like pop music composer. So in that sense, you really have to try out, what you really like, what you really fit in. And then just going into a different community, meet some different people, and then see where you belong, where you're welcome. Just like finding your true self, it really needs a lot of tryouts. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah. Well, I I hope that whoever gets to listen to this, if they're wanting to do anything artistic or anything in general. I mean, maybe like they want to be the certain, a certain type of athlete or they want to make board games, you know, that they, they try and keep trying instead of like yeah. trying and seeing, Oh no, it didn't work out the first time. I must not be able good at it at all.
1: But you know, when we get to a certain age, we, I, you know, we feel like, Oh, I, I've come so far, so I can't really go back. And then I have millions of ways, millions of ways to go. So, months to go so but when you are just starting out you have lots of chances because you haven't really made any yeah
0: there's the some so that's what i mean yeah the where you just feel like you can't start again and yeah but then i I think of people like Miggy, who were like who at 40 was like well i just want to go I'm going to stop exactly what I'm doing and I'm going to go to America and make yeah, that that's, she's a is a
1: crazy person. Like she, she's, a, she's, she's crazy. Yeah. She's, she's exceptional. <laughs>
0: right? When she told when I first met her yeah. and she told me that I was like, what? Like you did what? I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. so for our listeners at home, um, how can they find you on the internet if they want to learn more about you or explore your music or get ready for what is it called again? Um, infinite connection.
1: Yeah, Infinite Connections, it's not out yet, so it's going to oh, be yeah, out next right. year. Um, but I feel like I've already released because I'm done with the recording session, you know. So majority <laughs> of part of that um, process is done, I would say. Um, so, I mean, you can Google GLE Orchestra. Um, you can listen to most of the music in most of the platforms or all all of the platforms. Um, yeah, it's just simple. We are living in the internet world.
0: It's yeah, impossible
1: not to be able to find me.
0: <laughs> I know, right? And then I'll link uh, some stuff to uh, the the show notes when they're uh, they're listening as well. Um, I just really appreciate your time today, getting to sit down, and get to learn more about you. Uh, the the small emotional part that uh, you had <laughs> me, roller coaster that you had me on, like part way through. Um, and yeah, uh, just I just, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you,
1: Sippin. And I, for, every,
0: for everyone else at home uh thank you guys for listening uh we'll have a new episode out soon uh for uh, any other time since well, i don't know what i'm saying uh until then stay safe and stay musical have a great day thank you for listening to this episode of extra musical extra musical is a hidden cinema records production Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.